Many years ago, as a new Christian, I was bothered by this thought and this kind of paradoxical question in my head. It seemed like when I read, when I read the Bible, God was moving consistently in exciting and powerful ways. But then when I went to church, everything seemed so predictable and people seemed so bored. <laughs> like when I read, like there were times they couldn't stand up because God's presence was so powerful. And I would read in the early church and, and God was moving. And then I'd go to churches and it was like, man, people wouldn't even open their Bible and wouldn't really care to worship or engage and kind of, uh, where, where was God? Where was the God that I saw in Scripture? And as I read Scripture, I was like, God, if this is you, I want to know you this way. I want to know the God that's in here. I want to encounter you like these people did. I want to see you fill your church like you did here. God, and I know how messed up I am, so I need that. I need the God that I see in Scripture to come reorient the messed up places of my heart and my life. And what that did is it drove me deeper into Scripture. And I realized as I said in Scripture, not only did God want and was ready to pour out the power of his spirit upon his church But I began to realize that if we're going to see, including myself, people fall in love with Jesus and be transformed, we needed the God that is in here to show up in our personal lives in powerful ways. And we needed the power of God in our communities, in our life group gatherings, in our um, grace group, mental health group gatherings, in our, in our other gatherings we'd have, in our encounter nights, in our Sunday gatherings. We needed the, the God of Scripture to show up. And so as we go through this series in Acts chapter 2 on Jesus' communities, I want to look at what it meant for the early church to be a community of the supernatural power of God. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 43. We're just slowly moving through this piece by piece. We're going to look at the first two verses. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All right, I love that. Awe came upon every soul. Many signs and wonders are being done through the apostles. What I see when I see this is this, that God wants to pour out the power of his Holy Spirit upon willing communities of Jesus' people. God wants to pour out the power of his Spirit upon willing communities of Jesus' people. I believe it's not us holding back or or God holding back. I think it's often our willingness holding back and our openness. God desires to do that. And as I look at what's happening in Acts, I I don't believe this is just like a one-time thing that happened, like one really cool story that they kept talking about for the next 30 years. I can conclude because of the entire sense of awe happening in the community that this was a consistent part. There was so much 
of these God stories. And of course, God shows up in the little all the time, but there is so much also of these supernatural stories of God happening. The entire community had this sense of awe. When they gathered together, they weren't bored. (laughs) They were in awe of the living God. Man, that's awesome. And that was the DNA and culture of the early church. And I would propose to us that this wasn't just because there were a few apostles who God was moving through. In fact, we see this a broader uh, part of the story. It was not just limited to the apostles. For example, here's a few scriptures in Acts of of how God was moving, right? On the 120, tongues of fire were resting upon their head. Anyone want some tongues of fire? I need a little tongue of fire to wake me up in the morning. Anyone? Like I'll take a coffee and a tongue of fire. You know what I'm saying? Get my prayer life stirred up in the morning, right? How about Stephen? Stephen was not an apostle. He wasn't even this big leader. He waited tables, And here's what it says to Stephen. Stephen was full of grace and power and was doing great wonders and signs among the people. A servant, behind the scenes, waiting tables, the power of God was moving through him. Philip, an evangelist, not an apostle, was casting spirits out of people who were paralyzed and lame and were healed so much so that there was great joy that came to an entire city. Isn't that good news? What if when we showed up, the whole city got happy because the power of God was coming through our lives? In Acts 8, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. They said that they were baptized in in the salvation of Jesus, but they also needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? And we see in Acts 9, Ananias, just a random disciple, was the one that God used to pray for Paul And the blindness and scales fell off his eyes and he could see again. I could keep going on stories, but God was moving not just through a few, but God was moving through the whole community of people consistently. You might say, well, is that just in the early church that was happening? No, we actually see throughout church history God showing up in power. Augustine, in his book, The City of God, around 400 A.D., has numerous pages filled with with stories of the power of God showing up. Or I read a prayer of St. Patrick earlier in the Celtic church, many hundreds of years after the early church, God was showing up. The dead were being raised in the Celtic church. The power of God was a consistent part of, of how they're doing it. Because of that, many people were coming to Jesus because of the power of God. I could go into many stories today that I've even seen firsthand. Not only overseas, we would go, we would drive through, uh, uh, we're in Uganda, for example. We'd drive through the wilderness for hours. We'd come to these village, and we'd gather the, the whole village and say, bring us your sick, just like the, the book of Luke. And, and one after another, they'd line up. We'd be praying for the sick for two hours, and they kept getting healed one after the other. We saw 700 people give their life to Jesus over the course of a month. And numerous churches started because the power of God was showing up in such tangible ways. Same here in America. I could tell you story after story after story of God showing up and healing the sick and encouraging uh, through supernatural means those who need it. 
just a hundred years ago, a guy named John G. Lake was, uh, was, he was a missionary in Africa, but then he relocated to Spokane, Washington. And uh, he opened up these healing rooms. Spokane was declared by the U.S. government a hundred years ago as the healthiest city in America. And it was due to John G. Lake and these hundreds of people he trained to pray for the sick. People were coming from all over the city that kept getting healed, and uh, they were the healthiest city in America. Man, doesn't that stir you up for what God could do to the church? I could literally tell you story after story after story of God moving, and what I want to do is what your appetite, because guys, this is in Scripture. Let's go to Joel chapter 2, this promise, and this is what, what Peter quotes in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit's poured out. It says this, and it shall come to pass afterwards, which is talking about the time we're in now, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Uh, even on the male and the female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Now, does it say in a few people, I'll pour out my spirit? A couple gifted people will have dreams and visions. No, no, no. It says even on the servants, even on the people behind the scenes, I'm going to pour out the power of God upon them. This promise is for you. This is for you, not just the person next to you, not just the leader who stands in the front. This promise of God is for you. And I want to invite you to, to put that shoe on and step into it and start to get comfortable of how God's power want to move through you. And guys, this promise is for us. This promise is is that we would have communities of Jesus people who were filled with the power of God. And when we come together, whether it's life groups or, or whatever gathering, the power of God is present in our midst. What does this look like in a community of people? I'll tell you about my experience of why it was so important in my life to step into community that, that were, were Jesus people moving in the supernatural. I went to my first life group at our church back in Texas and I was a new believer. I had this deep desire to be in ministry. And, and I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to lead and start churches and speak. And I was pretty kind of uncertain about it, though. I step into life group, and a life group leader comes and prays over me. Like, first night I'm there, and he's like, I just see you in front of people speaking. I don't know what that is. I just want to submit that to you. And, man, I was so touched that night. I'm like, oh, God, you see me. None of these people know me. And then not long after, I go on this mission trip to Juarez, Mexico. And we're in line. We, we take 500 college students to Juarez, Mexico. God is showing up powerfully. I'm in line to get my food. And this guy I've never seen in my life, this other college student, walks up to me. And he begins to pray for me. Never seen him, he's never seen me. And he starts sharing things and just hugging me and sharing the heart of God just reading my things, there's no way he'd know about my insecurities and about my fears. But he's not just saying you're insecure. He's saying the Father's affirmation. And he's saying that God sees this, but he loves you. God knows this, but he cares for you. I'm, I'm, I was this like tough guy when I got saved, trying to kind of have it together. I'm weeping. No one had ever known these things about me. My deepest insecurities, God is affirming and loving I'm being get set free. I'm in the lunch line. 
But this is just someone who's just walking in the Holy Spirit and just, you know what, I'm going to share what I see God saying to this random person. That began a process of healing in my life. And in our worship gatherings in Tijuana, or I'm sorry, in, in Juarez, uh, we, man, God was showing up. I had an encounter with God for the first time, just being filled and baptized with the Spirit that changed my life. I never served or saw God the same way because it was like I, I could see him in his glory in a way that I'd never seen before. We need God's power on our communities. And if you'll notice back to Acts chapter 2, what the preceding passage was before it talks about signs and miracles, it said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. The context for the power of God flowing was their devotion. I believe a people devoted to God's presence and to one another creates a landing space for the power of the Holy Spirit to land upon a community. A people devoted to God's presence above all else and to one another creates a landing space for the Holy Spirit, a bullseye. I want you to picture the early church, their devotion was putting this bullseye upon their gathering that, of course, God is always with us, but then throughout Scripture, we see him showing up beyond just being with us, but in tangible ways. And their devotion creating a landing space and a bullseye for the extra presence of God to come and tangibly touch their hearts and their lives. And so, guys, I want to invite us to be a bullseye community. I want to invite us to be a bullseye church. I want to invite your life groups to be bullseye life groups. That through your devotion to the presence of God and one another, you're making space for God's power to show up. I believe that's what God has for us. I believe God wants to pour his spirit out on Antioch Fullerton. Now you might ask, okay, this is great. I love the concept, but are we going to get weird? <laughs> like is this, is this gonna, are we going to become a weird church? And I will say there are some people who, who like to get weird for weird's sake in the greater body of Christ. Like it's like some people are weird, and they want a church to be weird in, so they find weird churches, and they're all weird together. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, we're not weird for weird's sake, right? But we also don't want to swing the other way and throw the baby out with the bathwater and shut it all down, right? Like, there's some people that don't drive cars very well. But just because a few people don't drive cars well doesn't mean we throw away vehicles, Right? I'm thankful I got in a car this morning and drove here. Same with this. There's ditches in this. There's, there's people who are weird and hyper-charismatic or whatever just for the sake of it. And then there's people that we just want to shut it down because we don't want to be weird. We don't want to be like them. And we're just going to. But here's the deal. I believe in the middle of those ditches is Jesus. Because when I read about Jesus in here, he's healing people. It's not the only thing he did. He's also serving and, you know, all the different things. It's not the only thing we do is the gifts of the Spirit. But we want all of him. We don't get to pick and choose what parts of Jesus we want and don't want. Right? Like when I married my wife, I married a woman full of passion and gifts. She's awesome. 
but I didn't get to make a list of her passion and gifts when I married her and say, I'll take this, this, and this, but we're going to throw this away, babe. You know what I'm talking about? If Jesus is who he says he is, then we want all of him. If we say he's our Lord, then we, then we say, okay, Lord, I don't understand this part about you, but you seem to think it's good that you're that way. So I want to know that part of you, Jesus. I want to know the love of God and the fear of God. I want to know the grace of God and the holiness of God. I want to know the truth of God's word and the power of God's spirit. All right. So I want to give just a framework for context of how we can kind of hold this and not go into ditches. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, and there's just a, a couple things I want to say from this simple passage. It, it says this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, this is a really simple verse, but there's a lot here that will give a framework for us as Antioch Fullerton as we keep going forward. I'm going to start with those first two words, pursue love. Guys, what are the goal of spiritual gifts? Love. The goal of spiritual gifts is love. The gifts of God are not for me to make me look good, right? It's not like I'm, I'm going to make you look real great. and I'm gonna, No, no, no. We don't pursue the power of God for ourselves. The gifts of God are for him and them. So the gifts of God are to serve other people, right? And so when we don't have love, things get weird real quickly. Like if love is not the main thing, it's like baking something. Any people, uh, chefs or bakers? I'm not. But uh, no one? All right. We can pray some of them in because I like good food. We like good food. But it's like cooking something without the main ingredient and forgetting the main thing. You can have a lot of good ingredients, but if you don't have the main thing, <laughs> it's going to not taste right. Same thing with the gifts of the Spirit. Love is the main thing, and it's our goal. And without it, things get weird. But when we have love in the center of the spiritual gifts... That becomes a safe place for God to show up and begin to touch lives, right? And so that's why, because we're people of love, we don't go around saying, thus saith the Lord, brother. You know, we don't get pushy with people. We don't force people. We don't say, I had a vision. No, no, we're not trying to impress people with our language and our spirituality. We're trying to be just normal people, loving people, right? I want to be naturally supernatural, I got the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in me, but I'm also a human being. And I'm just a goofball at the end of the day, right? So I want to be naturally supernatural. Okay, so pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Now this is important because, again, we've already established that the goal of spiritual gifts is love. And because our goal is to love others, we're to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So let me put it this way. If we say as a church and we say as individuals that we're about the love of God, then according to the Scripture and the whole context of Scripture, we each have an individual and corporate obligation to cultivate the spiritual gifts that God has given us for the sake of loving others. Y'all tracking with me? 
If we're saying, oh, I want to I be all about loving Jesus and loving people, that's just, you know, I think we'd all say that if, if that's who we are, then, then, then God has given us gifts to do that best with, and we each have a responsibility then to learn those gifts and to learn how to cultivate them. Now, Scripture is filled, and the New Testament is filled with a broad range of spiritual gifts. If you want to put that picture up, this is not the entirety of the list of spiritual gifts, but there are different categories of gifts. So this, there's a broad range of spiritual gifts, and there's actually even a few more that aren't up there. There's a broad range of spiritual gifts, but I think what Paul is kind of honing in on are these gifts that we see, these manifestation gifts, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. And so we have a responsibility to, to learn the gifts that God's given us, and I also think we, we have a responsibility to, to pursue the manifestation gifts of the power of the Holy Spirit, not to be cool or super spiritual, but to love other people. Now, there's a couple simple ways uh, we do that, right? Um, uh, let, me, let me just say this first. So we have a responsibility to cultivate it. And how we're supposed to do that is by eagerly desiring them. Now, that Greek word for eagerly desire is to burn with zeal and to earnestly desire and pursue. And so how are we to go about the pursuit of spiritual gifts? It's to burn with zeal for them. Now, this is strong language because you got to understand the context of 1 Corinthians is like Christians gone wild, right? It's like they're spiritually crazy. They don't have character. They're, they're all over the place. It's, they got all these gifts of the Spirit with no depth, no root, no character. And Paul doesn't come in and say, y'all stink. I'm shutting this down until you figure it out your character. He does rebuke them and exhort them towards character. But he says, no, no, no. You need to keep going in the spiritual gifts. You just need to get your goal right and have some boundaries around it so you're not acting like wackos, right? So Paul comes in and he's saying, hey, you actually... You need to keep going for this. We're to pursue the spiritual gifts with a zeal. Now, I think we often, when we think of spiritual gifts, we, we think, well, if God wants to heal someone through me, he'll do it. And it's all in his sovereignty, and God is sovereign. It does depend on his sovereignty. But then we never pray for someone to get healed. Like how many of us have walked up to a sick person on the street and laid hands on them recently, Right? I saw one or two hands out there. Like if, we, if we're going to pursue, if we're saying, man, I want to see the sick healed, it means we take risks and we step out of the boat, right? And so we're to, we're to earnestly pursue these spiritual gifts. The main way we do that, right, is by being open to the person and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, by being learning to be discerning of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that in a minute. And there are some practical skills of discernment when it comes to understanding how to walk in the spiritual gifts. It's like learning how to drive a car and not kill people along the way, okay? So um, if we're going to kind of, I, I want to help us step into a couple of these skills here today, and I want to do that by honing in on one of the spiritual gifts. In fact, the one that's mentioned at the end of 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, especially that you may prophesy. Now, why is Paul elevating prophecy above the other gifts? It's because it builds up others. 
Paul is saying you should especially go after this, 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 this gift of prophecy or this, this work of the prophetic because it builds up other people. Now, to prophesy is a really big word, and now in the Old Testament it has some meaning because there was prophets, and if they missed it, they got stoned to death, right? In the New Testament, it's different. In the New Testament, we have Scripture already. That's our authority. That's our guide, right? And so there's a gift of prophecy, but I believe that all can also walk in the prophetic as well. And so prophecy is simply this. It's a spoken revelation from God. And because we have, if you're a Jesus person, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we can all have a revelation from the Spirit for someone else. And that's to make it really simple. That's what prophecy is. So when you're at life group and someone walks up to you and decides to pray over you and the first four times you thought that was kind of weird, right? Well, that's what that is. That's, that's prophecy, right? That's super simple, right? And, and that's why we do that in this church. That's why sometimes on Sunday or at life group, someone's gonna walk up to you and pray over you we're applying this scripture because we're trying to love you. And we want to empower you to do the same, to, to learn how to hear God's voice for other people for the sake of loving others. So that's why we do what we do. Y'all tracking with me? All right. So how do we begin to step into this? Three simple things. Get aware of God's presence. Become a person that's increasingly aware of God's presence. I Try to live by a rule of thumb imperfectly. I tip it because I I'm, I'm, have ups and downs and I'm a messed up person at times. I try to get more aware of God's presence than I'm aware of myself and my own brokenness. When I step in, like this week, I went into a coffee shop. And before I stepped in, I said, God, I just want to get aware of your presence today. And I stepped in and all of a sudden I see the person behind the counter and this thought comes out of mind. I, God gave me this thought for them in the coffee shop that they run. I shared that word with them. They were really touched. And I got to pray over them. I got to pray over the shop. And in fact, I had another word for her a few weeks ago. She's like, you have no idea. This is totally coming to pass what you shared a couple times ago. I don't naturally just walk into a life group or places and start getting revelation. I'm not that spiritual. I have to get aware of God's presence and in the flow with him and then say, God, what do you want to tell me? Right? I gotta open the mailbox to see if there's mail. Some people that just like happens to you. I'm not as spiritual as you. I gotta intentionally get aware of God's presence. Number two, listen. Now, what in the world might God's voice sound like? Of course, God speaks through scripture, God speaks through circumstance and through other people. But in that moment of, of listening to the Holy Spirit, a few things it might sound like. It might sound like a passing thought in our mind as we have the mind of Christ. It might um, seem like a, a scripture that comes to our mind as Jesus promised would happen. He'd remind us of his teachings. It might be an impression in our heart, in our gut. Remember, you have, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit's a person. He's in there saying, I got something to tell you. I want out. Would you let me out? Right? an impression in our, our, our thought, in our mind, or it might be a picture or a vision in our mind that we see by faith. It might be peace or a nudge that we have, right? Now, you might ask, well, how do I know that's God? 
And by the way, I created handouts for this in the back, and so you can take this with you. How do I know it's God? Number one, it lines up with Scripture, right? Scripture is the authoritative word of God. Now, I'll never hear something from God that supersedes this. Like, God will never tell me to go cheat on my wife, right? God will never tell me something that doesn't line up with this, and all of a sudden I start writing another book of the Bible. If I do that, leave this church, right? (laughs) So it always lines up with Scripture. Number two, it lines up with the nature of God, right? So God is relentlessly kind and gracious, right? It lines up with his Father heart. Number three, it bears the fruit of the Spirit. Does it make me feel more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Or does it make me feel more anxious and doubtful and isolated and fearful? It bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If it's the Spirit, then it tastes and smells like the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It helps us to feel closer to God, right? And it fosters conviction and clarity in us, not condemnation in us. Okay, and here's my encouragement. When you listen to God, go with the first thought in your mind instead of overthinking and doing gymnastics in your head, right? Just keep it simple and childlike. Not childish, childlike. And then, lastly, we want to share with the other person, right? So get aware of God's presence, listen, and share. Pretty simple. So a few things not to do when we share something we sense God saying with someone else, we don't say God said, because the Bible says that we see and hear in part. So if you want to know what God said, go to the Bible, right? We don't say God said this to you. Uh, we don't use big spiritual language. I had a vision, brother, you know, I just was taken, you know, like, we'll leave that to Paul getting taken up in the third heaven. Let's just be normal people, Right? Uh, don't be weird or dramatic or distracting for the sake of it, right? It's not about us being seen. It's about them being loved. Don't be passive aggressive. Here's what I mean. If you need to go have a hard conversation with someone, don't give a word to them. <laughs> go have a conversation with them, you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, no dates, mates, correction, and direction. What I mean by that is we're not going to come up to someone saying, in October 2025, this is what's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to date this person, and you're going to marry this person, and then you're going to move to Florida, and then you're going to also, I need to rebuke you right now for this, you know? We're, we're not going there. In fact, if you go two verses later in 1 Corinthians, it says that the goal of prophecy is encouragement, comfort, and edification. Not rebuke. It's for encouragement, comfort, and edification. It doesn't mean there's never a hard truth in there, but the goal is for encouraging, comfort, and edification. So what do we want to do? We want to be loving. We want to use phrases like, I felt like God said, rather than God said to you. I sense God say. I had an impression. What that does is acknowledges I might be wrong. I'm a human being and not God, and I'm also not an Old Testament prophet. Okay? We want to submit the word to them. And we see this in Thessalonians, that it's not my job to test the word, it's their job to test the word. So I submit the word, and they can choose to throw it in the trash can, or maybe if it doesn't resonate with them, I might miss it sometimes, and that's okay. It doesn't mean I need to go get stoned and killed like the Old Testament prophets. It just means I'm, I'm, I'm a New Testament 
Jesus' person with the spirit inside me who's trying to discern his voice. So we submit the word. I want to submit this to you. And then we allow them to discern for themselves. We don't have to be insecure. Is that okay? Did that land? Did I offend you? Just, just let them go in their own process and take it before God. All right. How y'all doing? I know that was really practical, a little quippy at the end, and less preachy. Uh, but we want to be a bullseye people with the presence of God. And I wanted to start on this, this, this gift of prophecy because it says that we should especially desire to prophesy for the sake of loving one another. And so guys, my desire at this church is if you're a member at this church or you're a part of this church, all of us know how to read God's word and hear the spirit of God speak and lead us. That's just, that's for every believer. Every believer can encounter the power of the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit leading them. And so if you're here and you're still new to you, that's totally okay, but we want to make the supernatural natural because that's what God designed, I believe. And so here's what I want to do. We don't normally do this. If you're newer here, this would be maybe a step forward, but I want to set this up in a way that'll still help you feel comfortable. Okay, I want to actually practice this together. We don't normally, we normally respond with some songs and then we kind of opt in if you want ministry. I actually want to break into groups of four or five with some people around you and I want to take some time to just get aware of God's presence and let his spirit speak to us for some other people in the group. Now, I'm putting you in groups of four and five and not two because if you're brand new to this or you're not sure yet with Jesus, I want to give you the ability to kind of opt out because we're not going to make you or force you to do something. That's not what we're trying to do. We are trying to create space, though, for us to get ministered to and minister to others. And the reality is, it's like kids learning to walk. We're like a room full of, of, of kids learning to walk, and sometimes we're going to make mistakes and bump into each other, okay? And that's the context. This is a safe place. We're not trying to be weird. We're just trying to love each other, and we're going to practice these gifts because we're exhorted in Scripture to do that. Um, so, so here's what I want to do. If we can get that slide up, three simple things. We're going to break into groups of four and five. I'll, I'll facilitate us in a second, getting aware of God's presence, and then I'll lead us through. So, so get into groups, and I'll kind of help guide you through this. All right. So here's, here's what I want us to do real quick. Can you just turn it down a little bit more for a second at least? I want us to pause and I want us to fix our eyes on Jesus for a second. Because this isn't about us, it's about him. And so if you want to close your eyes, uh, whatever you want to do, if you want to picture Jesus, but let's just, uh, let's just get aware of his presence in us and around us right now. Jesus, we thank you and we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Just fix your eyes on him. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, you're so good. Father, thank you that you're a good father and we can trust you. Thank you that you're all around us in this room. Here's what I want to invite you to do now. Just aware of his presence. 
Maybe pick one or two other people in the group and just say, God, is there anything you want to say to them or about them? We'll turn that music back up just a little bit. We can just kind of begin to kind of popcorn share in our groups. Don't overthink what you're sensing or hearing. Just go with it and submit it and be okay if you're off, right? Or be okay if it's really general like God loves you. That's okay. <laughs> we need to hear that. Um, awesome. Well, again, you don't have to go in a circle. You don't need to make everyone share, but just kind of take turns sharing, and if some of you aren't going to share, that's okay. We're not going to make you do anything. Just take some time and share what you're sensing for someone else. <laughs> 